Welcome to Pieces for My Puzzle. I'm your host, Nikki Ship, and I'm excited to be sharing with you my life with a son on the spectrum. This podcast is for anyone who is looking for quick tips and perspective, but most of all, for hope and inspiration. So sit back, relax, and let's put the pieces together. Welcome back to Pieces for My Puzzle. I am your puzzle master, Nikki. Great to have all of you guys back. For those of you tuning in and listening today, last week we talked about IEPs and finding an advocate. And we just touched on the surface of that, um, but hopefully it gives some quick tips and at least some good refreshers for those of you that are already working with IEPs. But today we're going to talk about how to stay organized with the endless amount of paperwork that you have to go through. And this can really apply for all aspects when you have a special needs child, all different, there's lots of organization that usually comes with the paperwork that makes things a lot easier. So I'm gonna give you some of my quick tips and some things that I've done in the past and I'm currently doing just to help uh, keep yourself organized. And that way you won't feel so disorganized or frazzled when you're having some of those meetings or follow-ups with your special needs child. So uh, lots of different, like I said, lots of different types of paperwork, services, school programs. Um, Some of the first steps is make a list of the categories that you're going to need to keep track of. So for example, for my son, Drayson, we have Department of Developmental Disabilities. We've got DDD. We've got um, agencies that work with DDD. Um, we're we're here in Arizona. Arizona Autism United is one of them. So we have agencies that that work with uh, providing services through DDD. We have Drayson's IEP. We have his primary care, his pediatrician, uh, speech, OT, um, and even medications. And we also he also has a, a psychiatrist, a child psychiatrist. So those are just to name a few. So you can imagine the amount of paperwork or the the amount of tracking that needs to get done when you're overseeing all that because everybody also has to connect with everybody. So sometimes I need to get paperwork from one of our therapists over to DDD. Um, If there's an annual review, I need to make sure that the rest of the team or his um, care team has it. So it's really important that that organization is there so that you can communicate effectively to the key players that are providing services to your to your child. Uh, one of the first things I did was I got a three ring binder and so make sure that you have like a three ring binder, uh, a hole puncher, um, maybe even some organizing tabs, anything that you think that you can use and and come up with your own system. Um, and if you have to make it fun, I know it sounds silly, but like, I love that all the, my tabs are like pink and have polka dots and make it fun because I'm the one that has to look at it all the time. So, so as silly as that sounds, make it, make it fun for yourself too. Um, keep a notepad with you in that binder to make sure that you have a notepad, something easily accessible to you to take notes on. That's super important. Um, sometimes you'll walk in with a binder full of paperwork, but you won't have anything to write on. So make sure that you keep a notepad in that binder with you. Um, create calendars for you and for your child. Use paper or digital, whichever you prefer. Some people live by their calendars on their phone. I'm a little bit more old school. 
I'm probably dating my age right now by saying this, but I still like to print out a paper calendar and keep it on the refrigerator for Drayson so that he can visually see what his schedule is for the day. And then I have a calendar too that I can visually see on what I need to do on my schedule for the day. So keep those calendars um, organized and you know maybe set some time on your on your calendar to make sure that you're you're getting that stuff entered for the upcoming months. When you create your binder, you're going to want to create specific tabs. So get tab organizers. Uh, for example, if you have a three ring binder, you use tab organizers. Write on there what each tab is for. So you want to have a section that goes for DDD. You want to have a section if it applies to an IEP or for his occupational therapist, anything where you're going to be receiving paperwork or reviews of of his pro- his or her progress, excuse me. And I might say him a lot just because my kiddo is, my son is on the spectrum. So if I say him and, and I apologize, but I do mean this universally. So him or her. Um, and make sure that you keep those tabs organized. And the biggest piece of advice that I can give you is to audit your binder quarterly. So every quarter, make sure that it's up to date. I like to put my most recent documents, the most current documents on the top of the binder or in that section, if you will. And that way I know exactly what I'm looking for or looking at if somebody else needs that report. So I know it sounds really silly, but it is going to save you a lot of time and it's going to make it a lot easier when you're trying to look for things that you need to reference. You can also make a list of tasks that you need to get done. Date when you call an agency, take notes. So if you are um, talking back and forth with an agency or talking back and forth with DDD, make a, a almost like a call log, a date and time of when you talk to that agency and if you've heard back for them, from them. This will also help you to know if you need to follow up. I hear it a lot from parents that I talk to that they call, you know, a service provider and they still haven't heard back from them. So my first immediate question is, have you called them back yet? And if the answer is no, then call them back. And the reason why I say that is that it's very easy to get lost in the in the cracks, if you will. And sometimes you can't wait for them to call you back. You need to stay on top of it. So having a call log is is really beneficial because then you can say, oh, um, I called them 20 days ago when in your mind it might have felt like a week ago. And you can say, oh my gosh, I called them three weeks ago and I still haven't heard anything back. So keep track of those calls and the dates and times of when you're talking to people. So, and it's okay, be assertive, be proactive. Be that thorn in their side if you have to be, if you haven't heard back from them yet. So many places um, will try to follow up, but sometimes if you guys miss each other or play phone tag, um, it's really important that you make sure that you're documenting that also in email if you're communicating uh, via email as well. And if it helps you color code things, um, sometimes... You know, you can do blue for school and green for speech, but make sure you have like a color coding system. That works really well. Also, when I do the calendar for Drayson, I color code um, and that's really, really helpful for him because he can identify that. Um, I'm a very visual person myself, so all of my tabs are color coded. Um, Like I said, I have some that are, you know, pink polka dots and they make me happy. But, you know, then I have some that I know that that color, 
the color purple indicates that that has to do with his occupational therapy. So um, when you are planning to go in to a new place for an evaluation or a follow-up for an IEP or anything that would warrant that provider to need paperwork from you, I encourage you to have almost like a kit ready to go. So make sure that you have, you know, something to write with, a notepad, and make sure that you have a binder with current information in there, with all of your current information in there. And the reason why this is so important, it's not just because of the communication when they ask for something that you can give it to them, but this has happened to me point blank in my experience with with Drayson, where they've point blank asked me for a diagnosis because they didn't have it, but they've been providing services to him already for over a year. People like to update their paperwork too, and sometimes it doesn't always get translated to them as well, especially with an agency. So my biggest, uh, one of my biggest suggestions is that you make sure that you take that binder with you. And then that way, if they say that they don't have that documentation, you can immediately take it out of the binder and ask them to make a copy of it so that then they have the documentation. And then write it down. Write it down that you gave it to them. And I know this sounds silly, but I'm sure there are people out there that can relate to me and to relate to what I'm saying that have been through this already. You will get asked that for, for paperwork that you've already submitted or that they don't have that documentation. When we were going through um, the IEP process with Drayson and asking for more services, we had the school psychologist tell us that they didn't have a documentation of his diagnosis. And so I opened up the binder right there and took out the diagnosis direct from his developmental pediatrician and said, here you go, make a copy. So it makes your life a lot easier too. And then there's no, there's no questioning. It's all right there. So we'll talk a little bit more in the future, too, about organizing tips and highlights. And so hopefully that will at least get you started and that will point you in the right direction. And if it isn't a binder, if it's a digital file or an app that you like using, an organizational app, whatever it is, just find a method that works best for you so that you can stay organized and be able to communicate effectively when it comes to those sources of documentation At the end of every episode, we want to do a story highlight for families celebrating their wins with their kiddos on the spectrum. And I think it's so important to do that because oftentimes as parents, we're not being told that we're doing a good job or we just need the reminder that our kids are capable and that our kids can do this. So if you have a story that you would like to read to us, please email us at info at piecesformypuzzle.com and we will read your story hopefully in one of our future podcasts. Today I'm going to tell you a story about Drayson and the first time that he used expressive language. And um, I am not a traditional mom in the sense of I, it doesn't bother me in some ways if my children decide that they want to say a cuss word here or there. And um, they just need to know when it's appropriate and when it's not and when it's nice and when it's not. <laughs> but um, but I, I'm just not a, a micromanager when it comes to that type of thing with my kids. But um, 
the first time that Dresden used expressive language, it was actually quite funny. And I was, I remember it very vividly, but I also remember being so happy that I was trying to tell him that it wasn't appropriate, but at the same time, I was really, really happy. And partially why I was trying to tell him why it wasn't appropriate was I just didn't want him to go into school and say it. So, um, but there were, on this particular day, it was with my husband again, and um, I've sa- I've told a previous story in another episode about the time that he duped my husband going into a timeout. Um, and this time in particular, Pat was working on on something, some home project. I can't remember exactly what it was. And Drazen had been watching the movie Ghostbusters, and he really likes the movie Ghostbusters. And there is a scene where Bill Murray is talking and he looks over at one of the other characters in the movie and he basically just says, what the hell are you doing? So my husband was making a big mess. There was stuff all over the floor. There was just, I mean, it was kind of a messy situation, um, whatever it was he was working on. And Drayson walked in the room and he said, dad, what the hell are you doing? And I remember just busting up laughing because it was in the right tone. It was in the right context. wasn't used out of context. It wasn't like he was just randomly saying it. He was really trying to figure out what dad had done with this mess. So we immediately corrected him and told him, it's heck. What the heck are you doing? Well, we kind of bit off more than we could chew with that because every time now, if we said, what the hell's going on? Drayson immediately corrects us and tells us it's heck. So, but I I had to have been, I was really excited because he was using it in the right context. He was being expressive. He was trying to communicate with his father. So we just told him to use the word heck instead, because the last thing I wanted was him to ask somebody in a grocery store or at school what the hell they were doing. And then I would lose, I would lose my parent of the year award. So, um, but anyway, hopefully that's a little story of inspiration to you. That was a big win for me because he was being expressive and uh, I'll take it. So if you have a story that you'd like to share, please email us at info at piecesformypuzzle.com. And this concludes our episode for today. I want to thank you for tuning in and listening. Please like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Pieces for My Puzzle. If you like what you're hearing, please spread the word to others and so that we can help create further awareness and inspiration to the autism community. And feel free also to give us a good rating on your preferred podcast platform that you use. Until next time. Keep working on your puzzle and remember, you don't have to have your puzzle solved all in a day. Take care.